welcome to Empowerment Radio. My name is Dr. Friedman, and I'm so glad that you decided to join me. Empowerment Radio is about giving you the insights, tools, and solutions to address some of the most challenging aspects of our daily lives. So sit back, relax, and empower yourself. Welcome to Empowerment Radio. Or oh, do I have my microphone on? No, I don't have my microphone on. Well, that's probably not as good as it's going to sound in a second when I put my microphone on. I'm so sorry for that. I totally forgot. Here we go. Olivia, you didn't tell me. Does it sound any better now? You know, it does, but it sounded totally fine before as well. I honestly well, that's didn't notice. Well, an amazing microphone, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but now we are good with the microphone. I'm just going to make sure I have the right one. Yes. Welcome again to Empowerment Radio. And uh, I have to say, it's happening. After 13 years, this will be the last but one Empowerment Radio show. This is the last solo show. And uh, yeah, I am uh, starting something new, uh, some podcast that will start in April. It's uh, called Get Real with Dr. Friedman. And you can find it on Facebook, on YouTube, on my uh, drfriedman.com website, uh, on Instagram. So you'll find it on plenty places, Spotify, Apple. But if you want to get informed on the topics and when they come out and uh, the format, which will be shorter, will be 30 minutes, uh, well, sign up for my newsletter. Just go to drfriedman.com and sign up for uh, the newsletter there. Or you can also follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Would be great if you can join me in this new adventure. Now, fitting to my uh, last solo show, uh, I am talking about today <laughs> one of my favorite topics, uh, which is fear. Since I wrote The Fear and Anxiety Solution, I really love helping people to overcome one of the most pervasive challenges in, I think, all of our lives, fear and anxiety. And today I wanna to talk about fear. And uh, fear is a little bit different to anxiety because fear is often about something specific, you know, the fear of, of flying, the fear of the vaccine, you know, lots of people are afraid of that. People are afraid of COVID, of uh, financial problems, of the uncertainty of the future. So there's a lot of fear in the air right now. A lot of fear is going around. And I don't know about you, but when you are in the, in the fear place, you know, you're, you're kind of having different choices to take, right? And and often you are either resisting the fear and uh, you know trying to fight it, or you are giving into the fear, which often means it stops you. But no matter what you do, if you fight the fear, let's say for example, you are afraid of going out again and maybe meeting a special someone, going on dates. Now you are fighting the fear by saying, I'm going to do this anyhow, I'm going to go into these dating apps and I'm going to find someone. And so you go out and you feel in the moment when you actually face the fear and you overcame it and you got even into a relationship. 
you feel great. You feel like I did it. But then what happens? Just a few weeks into the relationship, you have the fear of the relationship not working out. Or maybe that, uh, you know, the person doesn't like you anymore or loses interest. Or what if they actually going to find out who you are? And then what? So one fear gets replaced by the other. Or you're feeling like, you know, you have uh, uh, a fear of getting fired and you work really, really hard and uh, you get instead of the pink slip, the promotion. Well, as soon as you feel a little bit good about yourself, there is maybe a little spot on your skin and you wonder if it could be cancer and then you really, really freak yourself out. My point is that what we often do with fear is that we are just engaging with its various expressions. We are just feeling like, well, this is the one thing I need to focus on, that fear that right now stares at me. But once that fear is resolved, other fears are coming up. Why? Because we're never really addressing the roots of those fears. It's like if you're looking at an apple tree and you know that apple tree would not give you good fruits. Maybe they are not very ripe or maybe they are already uh, rotten as they are on the tree. Well, you can, of course, polish the fruit or you know, try to spray it with something, hoping it's going to be better. But chances are it's actually at the root that is a problem. And that's the same with fear. And what I want to talk about today are those four root fears that we all at some time in our lives are struggling with and how to really address them. And I want to get for you a new perspective on those fears so that you are not feeling so afraid of them or powerless as you're facing them, but much more seeing them as an opportunity to change Maybe your approach to certain situations or maybe even change yourself. The antidote to fear in the end is love. And I know that sounds trite and sounds very Marion Williamson-esque, but it's true. There is really power in love that is always able to supersede our fears. We just don't really know how to use the power of love to resolve the fear that we are dealing with. And that's something I want to share with you today. So what are those four fears? Well, the first fear is the fear of change. Now, as I told you, I'm leaving here and that's a big change after 13 years and I really got attached to Dr. Pat and Jessica and Olivia and the whole team. And I'm so grateful for everything I, I really learned from being here and how much they helped me and uh, my work to grow and uh, get spread out into the world. So this change is not totally easy, but I love change. I learned to love change because change represents for me growth and new opportunities. But most people are afraid of change. And most people feel like they have to resist change because it means the big unknown. But what it really means when you look down at it, change means that we have to leave our comfort zone. And if you 
think about your various fears in your life as it comes down to the root. How often is it about not wanting to change? I have sometimes clients that come to me with their challenges. Can be fear, anxiety, depression, insecurity, or maybe some self-sabotaging behaviors, even addictions. And it doesn't happen often. But right at the beginning, I do ask them questions that make me realize whether they actually want to leave their comfort zone. Because you cannot really heal and, and grow inside that comfort zone. And sometimes you find that people are actually not ready to leave the comfort zone. And the comfort zone is for everybody different. It can be the comfort zone of your environment, which you know maybe you don't want to really venture out. It can be the comfort zone of your job or the relationships you're in. And whenever there is change, you may feel like, well, what if I change and all of a sudden the people around me don't accept that change or don't like me for who I become? Or what if I change and I don't like that change? I don't like the move I made or I don't like that, uh, you know, that new thing that happened uh, afterwards. So that, that fear of that something outside of the comfort zone can actually be worse than inside the comfort zone is a very common excuse for us not wanting to change. How do you get out of that? Do we actually really have to hold on to that comfort zone? Now, I personally feel that the comfort zone is overrated. Being comfortable is overrated. I mean, when you really think about it, we are getting very comfortable in our habits, in our distractions, in our way of being, telling ourselves, well, you know, this is the best that we can have. And we are not really looking for more. And often we are not realizing that those comfort zones are shrinking, becoming smaller and becoming more and more suffocating us. I have clients that tell me that, you know, they really, really want to get rid of the stress and all the physical symptoms that come with it. And the major reason for the stress is their job, which soul-sucking, energy draining, not inspiring. But they are holding on to the comfort zone of the benefits. The idea of, well, I get you know, something paid into my 401k and there's some health insurance benefits. And so there is that comfort zone that holds them back. And one way to realize whether you're ready for the change and to overcome the fear is to really ask yourself, what will happen if I'm going to stay in this place for another year? How will my life be? And if you feel like, wow, this actually causes me a lot of agony and pain to think about this comfort zone as becoming more and more an imprisonment of my life. If you're feeling more and more that this is actually something that I need to get out of, then you have a really strong away from motivation. And away from motivation is basically this, this inner drive that says, it's not working for me anymore. I need to move on because the pain is starting to get stronger than the fear of change. And then you ask yourself the other question, what will not happen 
if I am still in the same place a year ago, a year in the future. And then you can say, well, maybe all the things that you were hoping for, all those ideal outcomes that you were somehow dreaming of, all those positive change and growth opportunities will just poof and go away and not happen. And as you're thinking about all the promises and possibilities that can happen when you are taking the risk of change, then you have your towards motivation. And that means you're looking forward to something. You're imagining yourself as actually having that what you truly want. And the mind, especially the subconscious, needs both. We are creatures of habits and comfort. But if our mind feels like, wow, it's really too, too hurtful to stay here and it's really exciting over there, you will have two energies, ones that pushes you and ones that pulls you out that help you to overcome that fear of change. And the love that you want to really tap into, the love that helps you to even give more oomph to this overcoming of this fear of change is the love for growth and exploration or growth and expansion. I think we are all beautiful creatures. And just like the universe, we are all meant to grow like a plant. And if you are stuck in a small little pot because you feel like, well, that's all that feels safe to you, you will not grow. And if we don't grow, usually we are starting to wilt and wither and we die. And maybe not physically, but something inside of us just doesn't really engage in life as much anymore as we could. So getting yourself into a bigger pot, giving yourself more room and loving this growth, no matter if you know exactly where it leads to, that is the love for life that can help you to overcome that fear of change. We'll talk more about the next fear, which is the fear of failure. And we'll be right back, so stay tuned. Tune in to The Crooked Climb with Suzanne Taylor King and Denise Stiegel, committed to guiding your journey through the world through mindfulness and personal care. These ladies are rebellious, real, funny, and powerful, helping you realize your full potential while navigating the twists and turns life always brings us. Tune in live every second and fourth Friday at 12.30 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. And I always have to scroll for the number to call in if by any chance anyone wants to call in and get some help with their fears. Call in at 
800-930-2819. That's again, 800-930-2819. So we're talking about these core fears, the, the deeper fears that really are at the root of many of our fears. And so one of the core fears, when you really look at it, especially when it comes to starting something new, doing something that uh, you may have not really allowed yourself to do, is not only the fear of change. You could say the cousin of that fear of change is the fear of failure. Now, that's a, a real doozy, right? The fear of failure is often something that definitely makes us way more risk averse. And, uh, you know, we are often uh, having dreams in our head that, um, you know, maybe right before we fall asleep, we are turning around, but uh, we're not really acting on them because there is too much that fear of failure. Now, it's interesting, right? Because what is actually failure? What does that really mean? I mean, a lot of people that are famous and successful, started their careers with failure. We know those story. You know, Walt Disney was called, he wasn't very imaginative. Oprah was told that she is not really made for TV. Bill Gates uh, was uh, shown that he is not very talented when he presented his first little machine to some Seattle council and uh, it broke down right in front of their eyes didn't stop them, didn't make them really like believe in what other people told them. It just motivated them even more to move forward with whatever ideas they had, whatever passion they really felt inside of themselves. So failure doesn't have to stop you, but it's a lot about also what you tell yourself, what failure really means that gives failure this overtone of it needs to be avoided at all cost. And I find that a lot of people are not so much afraid of the outcome, like, okay, you try something, it didn't work out, you can call it failure. More often people are afraid of what other people are thinking about them if it doesn't work out. I, I work with a young uh, entrepreneur who had a fantastic idea. It was really, really amazing. And he put all this energy in and uh, he even, uh, you know, gathered quite a bit of funding for his idea. And uh, he just was starting to really be more and more successful in what he was doing. But the more successful he was, the more freaked out he became. And when we talked about you know, now that you really have a feeling, you know, things are actually lifting off. What are you afraid of? And he said he is afraid of failure. And when I asked him, what does failure mean to you? He said that my father will be disappointed in me. It wasn't about really that maybe the company going to tank because if it would be just up to him, he would just say, oh, great experience. Let's try something else. It was more that feeling of what will my parents, especially my father, think of me. And how often is that really what we are afraid of? That shame that comes, that embarrassment that comes with trying something and then falling on the nose. And, you know, other people in our minds, you know, laughing about it or judging it uh, as, you know, just a direct reflection on who, on who we are, on our worthiness. So let's look at failure different. 
let's own failure as your own experience and make it not something about a performance that you somehow messed up and other people can, you know, write bad reviews or throw tomatoes at you. It doesn't really matter what other people are thinking along the journey of you to actualize whatever you want to achieve, whatever you feel like your, your passion and your purpose is. Failure is nothing but feedback. It's simply an adjustment. It's simply in the eye of the beholder, something that you can choose to take energy away from you, and therefore you're going to be afraid of it. Or you can choose to embrace and say, oh, this is great. I'm so glad this didn't work out because I always know that I can learn way more from the things that are not working out than from the things that go swimmingly. Because if they go swimmingly, often we get not very creative. We're not thinking outside the box. We're not really tapping into our inner uh, creativity or potential Somehow we are just moving along and at some point become a little bit on autopilot because we are not forced to think, to grow, to see things from a different angle. So embrace failure as something that actually makes you stronger, something that makes you feel also that you have grown and learned something in life. I mean, think about ourselves, you know, when we grow up, how many times did you have to fall on your nose in order to be able to walk and you know, walk straight? And how many times did we actually miss our mouth when we tried to feed ourselves and maybe reach the nose or the cheeks? And all of those failures didn't make us stop. Because if we would, we would still lay in a crib and we would still need to be nursed. And you know, we would have never really uh, grown up into uh, adults that can take care of themselves. So failure is inevitable. Failure is desirable. And there is nothing that you have to be really afraid of. And that's the same with success. You know, we sometimes feel like, well, is this fear of failure or is it fear of success? And how do I really know the difference? What is success? You know, we are not really in a, in a competition here where we always have to win. We are not living, you know, in a theater where we always have to perform. We are ultimately just on this journey. And whatever we want to really experience or create on this journey or share with the world, that is our desire. That is our right. That is our mission. And that is a very personal thing, even if it may involve many people. But it is ultimately that what we as let's say, the artists of our own life are here to create. And that is not a finished product. So whatever we think success should look like, oh, yes, I have this great success in you know, my work, or I brought up, brought up, uh, wrote a book and published a book, or whatever things we think are you know, successes, they are only small extensions of the entire uh, creation of our life. And we have to see them as such. We can celebrate them, of course, but don't feel like this is something that is basically an all or nothing proposition, that either I'm going to succeed or fail. Just see it as, wow, this is another 
destination on my journey that I'm looking forward to, to get to. That's another uh, part of me to learn and grow and explore more what I'm about or what's possible in life for me. And that's that. It's really not anything that we have to put so much pressure and emphasis on. And the love factor in all of this is really loving that what you in the moment feel your, your passion and your purpose is. Whatever project you want to, you know, really sink your teeth in, you want to uh, somehow feel like this is an extension of my life, feel the love for it. And now it's growing as you're spending positive energy and time with it. Raising kids, probably it's not a straight line, right? It's not like, you know, you're always feeling like it's success. Sometimes you may feel like, whoa, this is not exactly how I want this child to turn out. And wow, this child is struggling. And what happened here? And am I, you know, maybe messing up as a parent? But you don't give up. You are still holding on to your bigger mission of helping this child to become, you know, the best version of themselves, making them believe or make this child believe in themselves. So that is what the attitude to that, what we feel we want to share with the world needs to be. Just believing in it, knowing that it has value. It has value personally because it helps us to really feel on a mission and it feels that you know, we are uh, sharing ourselves with the world. And it has also, for those recipients, some value, whatever it's going to be. Failure is a really interesting topic also in your personal story because a lot of people are afraid of failure because they're telling themselves that they had so much failure or that they are in general a failure in their lives. And, you know, I just talked to a client of mine who was abused as her as a child until she was uh, 18 years old. And there was for years and years and years for her that that feeling of being a failure that she wasn't able to get away from the abuser uh, earlier in her life, wondering what's wrong with me. There was a lot of shame and a lot of guilt that she was holding on to. And only recently, as we worked through this, she realized that, well, I actually had no choice because I was completely brainwashed into this dependency. And I was completely made believe that I cannot really survive without the support of the abuser. And so she was holding on to this relationship. But what she didn't see, which was really that what makes her a success, a hero, is that despite all this time of abuse in her mind, she never gave up on knowing that one day will be the moment when she feels she is independent and stable financially enough to get out. Something inside of her never gave up on planning and scheming and looking for that moment where she could say enough is enough. And that moment came when she was 18 years old and had her first job and you know, she could actually push the abuser aside and say no more and, and move on. And that is a moment where she set herself free from that prison. And that's her success. 
And the fact that her spirit and that what's inside of her made her never really abandon freedom, abandon the hope and the belief that she can have a better existence. And that inner spirit was something she was able to preserve and nurture and then eventually completely harness and utilize. That is something that makes her not a failure. It makes her a huge success. So think about in the words, in the words of uh, Paul Coelho, that uh, famous uh, author of The Alchemist. He wrote, the one who falls and gets up is stronger than the one who never tried. Do not fear failure, but rather fear not trying. And that is, I think, something we always have to really uh, reflect upon down the road when we are 85, sitting on a park bench, looking back in our lives. Are we really more regretting the failures that we had along the way? The times when things didn't work out and we had to really somehow become imaginative and creative to find other solutions? Or are we regretting more that we never tried? and that we somehow let the fear stop us. We'll be right back. Hi, my name is Diane McClay. I'm comfortable being in front of people. How to make things work in a structured format made me feel a little nervous. Everybody I have worked with on the Transformation Talk team met me with enthusiasm, their confidence in me spilled over to me and allowed me to just grab onto it and say, oh yeah, that's me and I can own it. Thank you for showing up for me. Thank you for allowing me to put my gifts into the world and thank you for making me look good while I do it. Are you ready to let go of the I can'ts that are holding you down? Valerie Trujillo invites you to join her community on a mission to collectively heal as a tribe where your vulnerability is heard and reciprocated. So tune in to Love and Light with the Crystal Blue Oracle every second and fourth Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information about Valerie and her work, visit CrystalBlueOracle.com. Welcome to Empowerment Radio. Core fears. So, so far we talked about uh, the fear of change, the fear of failure, all fears that you probably know in their expressions, in their extensions. But now you also know, wow, if I have those fears, I can see this differently. I can really pour love over the fear and choose growth and choose exploration and choose passion over that, what may wanna hold me back. I don't have to be attached to my comfort zone and I don't have to be attached to what other people think about me. I can actually choose to live my life. And that's ultimately the freedom that I always have been searching for. And uh, I'm still working on every day to remind myself that this is what I want to be in my life, free. 
to live it the way I choose to. And that has a lot to do also with that third fear that I think in our society is running rampant, which is the fear of rejection. I mean, we are so afraid of other people's opinions of us that at times we become chameleons and we are really just adjusting ourselves to whatever expectations there are out there. You know, the, the way we are talking, the, the way we are uh, dressing, whatever, um, you know, games we play, interest we have, vacation we take, how often is it really coming from us internally and how often is it actually an imprint of those imagined expectations from our peers or society in general that just hold us back from doing us and just becoming so much more uh, an imprint or a mirrors of what other people want us to be. We really, really want to like or be like other people so that we can be liked. And, and that is coming from a deep-seated tribal consciousness, this fear of rejection that was necessary long time ago when we lived in little huts or caves where we needed to be a part of the tribe so that we are not getting kicked out and being alone in the wilderness, fighting all those way more powerful creatures. So it makes sense that at some point, fitting in was more important than the individuality. But now that fear of rejection has really become something that prevents us even from exploring who we are and, and holding us back. Pleasing others is a good example. You know, so many of us just feel like that their role in any relationship is to be the pleaser. And I talked not too long ago about how to get out of the pleaser role. But that is ultimately driven by that uh, fear of rejection and that fear of somehow, yeah, not being good enough. And uh, how do we get out of that? How do we get out of the fear of rejection and just being more comfortable with ourselves, being more confident in who we are? and living our lives accordingly. Well, I think it's really important that we are noticing that pretty much all of us have a certain kind of insecurity. Pretty much all of us have a sense of wanting to be accepted or approved of or loved. Some of us are just better at hiding it than others. Yes, we can have confidence, we can have a certain kind of, uh, you know, self-worth, but deep inside there is for most of us this insecure child that has at some point been bullied or neglected or told off. So that part of us exists. And it's not only the tribal consciousness, it's also the consciousness of the part that wants to be a, a belonging to the family and is afraid of you know, not getting the love and attention it deserves. So we all have that part inside of us. So rather than making you, you know, feel better by pleasing or by trying to blending in with some people outside of you, 
try to attend to this part inside of you that just doesn't really trust that he or she is lovable, good enough. Maybe that part of you thinks it's flawed, that there is something wrong with it, and that ultimately no one can really accept it for who she or he is. So what I want you to do is just to start when you have that fear of rejection, take ownership of the fear and explore where this actually may come from. It may be, as you're thinking about it, coming down to certain experiences, very specific experiences that you can even, as you think about, still live through with a sweat on your forehead or your heart pounding because it was so scary or it was so painful. You know, a client of mine told me about uh, his insecurity with pretty much whenever he's in front of a group talking and he has to do this for a living or whenever he is, uh, you know, meeting new people in a social setting, he is completely uh, frozen with fear. He tries to play it cool, but deep inside he feels like that 14-year-old kid that got bullied by a whole group in, uh, in his school and made feel like that he is the dumbest kid on the block. And even though he was in his 50s when he told me this, he moved on. He was successful, has his own family and so on. But that part inside of him has been still living on, looking at other people as the potential threat for his safety and for, you know, feeling somehow a, a sense of, uh, of belonging. And so whenever he sees people that way, he goes either into complete uh, invisibility mode, tries to just uh, not make uh, any waves or take, uh, get any attention, or he goes into pleasing mode or chameleon mode and tries to just scan what do they want me to be, how do I need to act around them? Uh, what should I say? And of course, then afterwards, you know, you're playing or he has been replaying every interaction and everything that happened and judging himself or this was not good and I should have done that better or I shouldn't have done this at all. So that started, you know, 30 plus years ago. And that's something he was still holding on to. So what's important there is that we need to sometimes set the record straight and realize, well, is whatever is inside of me still really here to protect me from the bullies of my past? Or is who I became actually enough? Do I really need to be afraid of those people that don't even exist in my life anymore and maybe feel actually bad for what they did? Or do I need to continue to simply uh, or bully myself by telling myself that, uh, you know, I am still that insecure, awkward being that I used to be and that used to be rejected? So my point is, have an inner journey to this part of you that needs just to be told that who you are and who you became is enough, that there is a lot that you can share as a human being, as a friend, as a coworker, as a citizen, and that you have so many good qualities and so much that you can be proud of. 
You can ask yourself, you know, what really defines me? What are those things that I accomplished in my life and how did I accomplish them? Uh, accomplish them? Well, what are those, those qualities and strengths inside of me that made me accomplish them? Or how much goodness do I have inside of me and how did it show up in the world? Was I forgiving with those that hurt me? Am I kind to those that need help? Uh, am I compassionate, empathetic for those that are in pain? Make yourself aware of who you are and the gifts that you carry inside, those gems in your heart. And then realize that there is nothing that you can really reject about yourself. Because if you don't believe that you can belong to yourself, that you can look in the mirror and feel good about who you are and who you became, then of course, you always will be somehow at the mercy of other people's approvals or the mercy of them somehow taking you in to the tribe. But if you feel like independently, I am a good person, and that's what I radiate out. That's the love for myself that I bring out into the world. Then you will naturally also gain more approval and more respect, especially from those that recognize and appreciate who you are. And these may not be the same people that you were afraid of uh, being rejected by. There may be a whole new bunch of people that come to you when you are that true confident, authentic self who really believes in who you are. But that is just the gift of starting to address the fear at the root, the fear of rejection at the root with kindness, curiosity, and compassion for yourself. And then work on having compassion also for those that used to reject you. Someone who really is truly confident, someone who is in alignment with their mind, their heart, and their spirit, doesn't judge or reject or mistreat others. People who do that, people who hurt you, usually struggle with themselves. Behind most of those kind of criticism and rejection that we may have experienced or still experience or we are afraid of, is usually a lot of pain that those people have inside. A lot of pain, a lot of insecurity, and maybe even self-hatred. And if you are focusing on those people not as any threat, but really as people that you know, they also have a little child inside of them that feels not good enough or feels scared or feels like no one understands them or no one really cares about them, and that's why they are lashing out. Then with that, I call it the shield of compassion. You can face those people with an open mind and a soft heart, and you never feel afraid of them. In fact, you just may feel compassionate or sorry for them, and that changes everything. Stay tuned, one more fear, and that's the fear of being out of control or feeling powerless. We'll be right back. On a tough day, our first impulse is to check out. But here's a better idea. 
Check in. Check in with yourself in two specific ways. First, check in with your body. Are your hands balled into fists? Is your jaw clenched? Notice any place you feel tension in your body and consciously relax. Then check in with your mind. Are you fully present to the people and activities in your immediate environment? Or is your mind a million miles away, worrying about the future, brooding about the past? If that's the case, gently bring your awareness back to the present moment. When we check in with ourselves, we can create more peace in ourselves and in our world. If you'd like to learn more about incorporating mindfulness practices into your daily life, contact me, Mary Angela McGuire at mcguirelifecoach.com. And check out my show, Nothing But Now, Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. So we covered fear of change, the fear of failure, and the fear of rejection. Now, the last fear I want to talk about is maybe the fear that is underneath all of those fears, which is the fear of not being in control, the fear of being powerless. And that fear hits most of us at given times, and certainly during COVID, so many people have felt that. Uh, and I felt it just a few days ago when my beloved coworker and best friend with four legs, my kitty Kara, started to go downhill. And, you know, you may have seen her on the show sometimes or at least heard her when she was meowing and urgently needed to be let out as if the house was burning. Uh, or sometimes she even video bombed the show. And she was a, a beautiful friend who was with us for 13 years and was diagnosed with some rare sort of cancer, form of cancer, uh, a year and a half ago. And she was holding on to life and to us and gave so much joy. And But when you are seeing a beautiful, beloved animal going down and not eating anymore and starting to vomit uh, more often and you feel powerless and you want to do something about it. And you are afraid of losing her and losing control. And, and for me, it, uh, I have unfortunately had to go through this several times, but the first time I went through this, I certainly went through with another kitty, uh, a lot of action taking, you know, you go from one doctor to the next, you look for, whatever treatment is possible, you maybe even torture the poor animal sometimes because you think it's in their best interest. Now with Kara, I felt powerless, but I accepted it. It didn't scare me. And I also trusted in her journey and that somehow she knew when it was time for her to follow her little sister who just passed away three months ago with another form of cancer. So there is something about this powerlessness that is really tricky for us because we all like to be in control, right? I mean, we all have this feeling of, uh, you know, uh, nervousness when we do feel someone else has control, whether it's with driving or just in general in life, giving it over to someone takes a lot. 
Now, the fear of uh, losing control or being powerless, unfortunately, has really very, uh, you know, sometimes negative and uh, destructive forms can be the vigilance where you're never resting, where you are always uh, uh, looking over your shoulders and even at night you know, rethinking about all the things that need to be done or that you should have done differently. It can be that you try to control the people around you and don't let them be themselves, become maybe angrier, dominant. It can be that you are not really allowing yourself to be yourself and you are way more uptight and way more rigid than you actually want to be. So how do we overcome this fear of control or of being out of control and being powerless? For me, since I have been known in the past of being a control freak, for me, the deeper fear underneath was that I couldn't trust. I couldn't trust the people around me that had to do with my parents. I couldn't trust a higher power because I felt like, well, probably there will be only some kind of horrific test that is testing my faith and, uh, and then what? And I didn't really trust myself. I didn't really know or believe that I was good enough. And so I just really felt the only way to be safe is to keep on control and be vigilant. And that was extremely draining and exhausting. So to let go of that fear, I had to really dig into trust, learning to trust, learning to trust in this, you know, basically a trifecta of sources that I believe are trustworthy. This is my inner, my, my inner resources, my inner strengths, those things that I have learned to really rely on over the years that I know that I just sometimes haven't really paid attention enough or maybe appreciated enough. So I needed to really look back again and realizing what is that, what I know about myself that I can trust. And then I needed to revisit my spirituality and really learn to have a different relationship to life, to God, to the universe, whatever you want to call it, and just see more how good things happened in my life all the time and how so many things that I felt would go wrong didn't go wrong and really have taken time for an inventory to see the, the, the happenstance and the, the positive synergies that got me on the right path in life. Things that I couldn't really control, that I couldn't take responsibility for, but they happened in it anyhow. And sometimes these were also inspirations, little voices out of the blue that just told me to do something and then it was exactly the right thing. And then the third trust was the trust in others and just really knowing I don't have to trust everybody and I don't have to trust anyone for everything, but I can trust certain things for you know, certain people where I just knew that's where I know I can let go and let their expertise just you know, take control. That's why I know that 
their intentions are good and I know that I'm in good hands. So all of this was a prof, uh, process that then eventually made me not have this fear of losing control anymore, but instead really having more love for life in general. And that is the, for me, love antidote to that fear that we are not seeing life as this you know, rigid structure that we think we have to have the blueprint for and we have to create it exactly the way we have been planning it. And if not, you know, we're not only feeling like failures, we're also feeling like, you know, that's the end of it because we are powerless. But seeing life more like a flow, a stream that we are in, and that takes certain terms and we have to be flexible in those terms. And we have to be open and at times also resilient when things are not exactly how we planned it. But as I said before, those failures or those things that are not our preferences usually help us to grow and become the person that we are meant to be and that we hope to be for others. Because in the end, how many will benefit from our growth? How much can we teach others? about life because of that what we have experienced my point is that in the end when we are embracing ourselves and we are embracing life as a wholeness and not trying to squeeze it into a certain form thinking this is how it needs to be we are way more open to let life be what it is really supposed to be not what we thought it to be but what it's supposed to be and we may find ourselves in very unexpected places. I remember that 30 years ago, yeah, 30 years ago, the mother of my girlfriend at that time, who was a little psychic, she told me, I know you're in medical school, but you will not do that for the rest of your life. And I was, of course, up in arms and said, no way, I'm working so hard. I'm gonna be a doctor until I retire. And well, she was right unexpected turns. And I'm really grateful for those turns that got me from Germany to UK, from the UK to, to the, the US, from the US to France, all unexpected. But all somehow life had its way and I needed to be flexible. Because in the end, we're really never powerless. We are never really out of control. Because it's always in our control to give those things that happen the meaning that we choose to. We can see change as opportunity to grow. We can see failure as opportunity to learn. We can see rejection as opportunity to love ourselves more and have more compassion for others. And we can see that need to control as an opportunity to let go and trust more and just really know that, yeah, I can always change my attitude. I can always change the way I see things. I can always choose how I want to think, feel, and act in response to whatever happens. That is the control and the power that is always mine. And that is where we can always feel safe in. I hope this helped you to get a few ahas and new perspectives on fear 
and realize overall fear is not a dilemma or a shortcoming or a flaw or a disorder. It is simply a human opportunity, a condition inside of us that always nudges us further on to really make the choices to be our most empowered and fulfilled self. Until in two weeks for the last show, and then please join me at these future shows starting in April, Get Real with Dr. Friedman. Until then, goodbye. You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedman Schaub. Join Dr. Friedman every first and third Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges of our daily lives. To learn more about how Dr. Friedman's personal breakthrough program can help you overcome fear, anxiety, and low self-esteem, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. Views expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station, its management, or advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio.